1: Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside, and I'm so excited to have a really special guest. This is a little bit different of a type of guest than we normally have, but really excited to have Ben Spell, the founder of Good Ranchers with us here today. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks,
0: Jenny. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's great. Love what you guys do and what you stand for. Happy to be here talking to you.
1: Yeah. I feel the exact same way. So you are doing something that's so important. You are providing meat for families across America that is from America and that is very clear about what is going on on the farm. Yeah. And this is so needed in this day and age because there is a lot of ambiguity out there and we wanna know what we're putting in our bodies, what we're putting in our kids' bodies. So I would love to hear a little bit of your story. Data Four. four,
0: yeah.
1: I've seen some things about car racing. You got a lot going on. Yeah. And now you have thousands, you've employed thousands of people, which that to me is such a huge thing. Like what a gift to build something that employs other people while at the same time helping families across the country to be more aware of what's in their food. Where did this start?
0: Um, Yeah. So again, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. You know, our story, uh, my wife and I, um, our story is definitely not your typical entrepreneur story or maybe it is but for us i had no agricultural background never even planned to start a business or even be an entrepreneur or a business owner that was not on my radar wasn't something i was planning to do never aspired to do it i was a, a pastor at a church here in houston like i was a, a I was a staff pastor i was over all of the music and the worship creative arts uh, at a mega church here in south houston and loved what i did I play piano and, and guitar and I write and I produce and I like I went to school for audio engineering like so it means just like mm. completely yeah no
1: this is all indoors right this is like yeah. indoors audio engineering yeah completely yeah. different world
0: Yes and the only thing that I started getting this sense of do something else there was something inside of me that for me Um, it was honestly, it was after service one day I was walking to my car and, um, I had a nicer car and the person that was getting in the car next to me was in a very old car. And he looked at me and he said, he said, man, I like that car. And it just, it kind of hurt my heart, honestly, knowing that his tithe money paid me. And (laughs) for me, there was just like this conviction that day that I was like, ah, I don't really like that people that have less than me give to pay my salary um and then I can have like mm. like nicer things than they have something about that I didn't like and I'm not saying that that's wrong at all like, like mm-hmm. working at a church is a real job being a pastor is a real job it's a hard job so I don't mean that in any knock to anyone in ministry you should get paid you deserve to get paid it's hard you spend give a lot of hours that you should be giving to your kids and to your family, to other people. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. That said, for me, personal conviction, something hit me that day. And I began to pray and ask God to maybe give me other ways. Um, I didn't know the term at the time because this was almost a decade ago. Um the the term side hustle wasn't a wasn't a word like wasn't really a phrase back then. But I started actually thinking I would, you know, have a side hustle. Like what can I do on the side to Earn income to where the church doesn't, I don't have to be dependent on that. So that's really where it started. It was, it started out of, I just want to be able to do something to where the church doesn't have to pay me. And then I started having these ideas of a meat company, which makes absolutely no sense at all. I remember talking to my wife about it the first time saying, you know, somebody, because what happened was we had, we had just had our first baby boy in 2017. And uh, we've always been health conscious and uh, to a degree. But once you start having kids, you really start looking at labels. You really start diving into those things. So um, after we after we had our first b- baby boy, my wife really got into I mean, she she was like half crunchy. She went like super <laughs> crunch. Uh, <laughs> and uh and so we really started looking at. Uh, labels and processing and where stuff's coming from and and I started noticing on the meat side how much ambiguity there was and the lack of transparency mm-hmm. and and kind of started doing some research and and I remember talking to to her saying, "Man, somebody mm-hmm. should do this, 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 and this because there's a real need here." But it was wow. never me, and so uh, God kind of started putting this idea of, of this meat company in my head and i would talk to my wife about it like you know and it's funny because as i look back hindsight's 2020 i was asking i was praying and asking for something else mm-hmm. and he's giving me these ideas and i'm just oblivious caveman thinking you know having these ideas and telling my wife somebody should do this because mm-hmm. those first couple of conversations it was clueless to me that i was going to be the one to do it because i had again no background no knowledge no money like So after almost a year of every few months, this meat company idea come in into my head and I would kind of talk to my wife about it. And it was probably a good year. And one morning I was getting ready, I was still on staff at the church and the idea came in my head again. And like as clear as day, like I just heard God's voice loud and clear, you do it. And it was sobering and it was, it it shook me. And I, I came out of the bathroom and I said to my wife, I think God just told me to start a meat company thinking she's Mm going to go. That's crazy. And Mm -hmm. give me all the reasons why. And she looked at me right back in the face and said, if you heard God, then I trust you. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a, again, very sobering moment because.
1: And overwhelming, probably very overwhelming.
0: And so, but uh, it was one of those things. I just knew that that's what we were supposed to do. And um, uh, I resigned. That was in like, October, November of 2017, Um, I resigned in January. We started an LLC. I mean, we went all in. I mean, we we maxed out our credit cards. um, I borrowed a little bit of money from my mother-in-law, which is not a great idea to do, (laughs) unless you unless you know you can pay them back, which we did. But you know, it was amazing because God was just—he was just there. The like, he went before us every step of the way. Because I don't actually know, um, like your. Your your level of faith background um, mm-hmm. or, or or not, but for me, I wholeheartedly believe that if God calls you to do something, He'll equip you to do it. And mm-hmm. so for this, I knew I felt the call, and and He was faithful to equip us mm-hmm. every step of the way. Didn't I mean we made mistakes; we learned some lessons the hard way, um, but we were just very fortunate, very blessed, just every step of the way. And then and then we found all I knew to start was. Find some meat, park, sell, uh, put it in the back of a truck, and sell it out of in a parking lot under a tent. Like that's 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 how we mm-hmm. started. It was me under a truck selling meat in a parking lot in Waco, Texas, and we began to grow and begin to go from one truck to two trucks to three trucks, and then get outside mm-hmm. of Texas. And but it wasn't until about two years in that we really found like our mission, mm-hmm. connecting the American family to the American farm, mm-hmm. and the importance of that. We learned that again, because I knew nothing about meat, I just knew that God said, go start a meat company. About a year and a half in is when we learned that a lot of what we were selling was actually coming from Mexico, South America, Canada, Australia, like Mm -hmm. almost all of the meat we were sourcing wasn't even coming from U.S. farms. And we had no idea because there's no country of origin labeling law in the U.S. for meat, uh, for beef or for pork. Wow. do not have to label the country of origin for beef or for pork uh, congress just like silently took that away in 2015. every other country has uh i can't say every other country but almost every other country you have to label
1: that is so wild to me ben because there are so yeah. many government regulations yeah like in every facet of life we have friends that are trying to start a campground i mean they're just like this couple they have this dream they want to Have this place where they bring families together and they start this campground. And in order for them to put a bathhouse on this piece of huge property that they have in the middle of Michigan, kind of in the middle of nowhere, they have had to jump through just an unbelievable amount of hoops. Like they have to dig down to the soil 20 feet to make sure that the soil is tested so that this building that's commercially made isn't gonna collapse. I'm like, I have never in my life seen a bathhouse collapse. And they have to you know, have heat in it, even though it's a summer thing and it's opening. I mean, it's just, there's so many government regulations on everything, and yet they don't have to label the meat.
0: Yeah, the clothes you're wearing have to say what country they're from. Like, <laughs> the, the plate that you eat on probably says made in China or Taiwan or uh, you know, depending on where you, you, you bought it from. But the plate you eat on has to say what country it came from, but the meat you put on it it doesn't have to be disclosed. What you actually are putting into your body, you have no way to know wow. how it was raised, what it was given, and where and where it came from. So, f- learning that, um, like I said, once we learned that, we went, "Whoa, this is really big," and nobody knows. Like nobody's talking about it. Like the grocery stores, are, sure aren't aren't disclosing that and talking about it. There's lots of other online meat retailers that are all that are selling millions and millions of pounds of beef and, and various meats that are coming from all over the world. And people are buying them because you 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 live in Michigan, right? Yeah. So he said, yeah, you know, you live in Michigan. So you go online and you buy some meat from a company that's shipping it to you. You just assume it's probably coming from somewhere. Yeah, like down
1: the farm, down the
0: road. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. we'll assume it's probably coming from somewhere, but the, the majority of what's being sold online is coming from, across the world because it's cheap, it's inferior and, uh, and it's hurting American farms and ranches. And, uh, I was, I was on, um, the, I was on a meat mafia podcast yesterday. Uh, <laughs> if you, you know, that's, that's, that's the normal kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, stuff that I'm on. Uh, so thank you for having me on a thousand hours. <laughs> and we were talking about this, uh, just that it's the level of shadiness in the industry and in the food industry, the lack of government regulate, you know, the, there's these, over control of government regulations for things that
1: for everything, for so many yeah. things.
0: Yeah. And then the then this just lack of these things that actually help other countries make money and hurt American farmers, hurt American ranchers. Mm-hmm. So um, I said that to say our stance isn't don't eat meat from other countries. Our stance is you should know where your meat is coming from. Mm-hmm. Our stance and- is... You should know. And if you want to support American farms and ranches, you shouldn't be able to be duped by someone selling meat online, selling meat at the grocery store. There's lots of stores that you go into. And because the way the law is written, it can come from Australia. It can come from New Zealand. It can come from Mexico. It can come from South America. It can come from anywhere else in the world and can be sold in an American in a U.S. grocery store with an American flag sticker and say product of USA.
1: And it happens.
0: It happens every day. It's happening every day. Over three billion pounds of beef—just beef, not talk, not even talking about pork—three billion pounds of beef will be imported into the U.S. this year and sold in restaurants, grocery stores, and online to consumers who think they're buying American meat. They're sort. They're helping American agriculture, American farms, and they're just not. So when we learned that, we drew a line in the sand and we said, "No, we're going to be different, and we want." to support local we want to support our neighbors our our communities we want to strengthen our own supply chain and not not to mention the quality it's just like night and day difference
1: wow what a story what a story you know because when you go on your website and people can go on goodranchers.com and this is the time of year to do it we were talking before we popped on i'm like look okay Once you become a parent and people like, they don't know what to buy you for the holidays. Cause you, you know, you haven't got your stuff, whatever. I'm like, buy us food. If if you're a parent, you know, like what gift do I want? I want a subscription box for chicken. That's what I want for Christmas or apple. You know, you guys have like the smoked bacons. And I mean, it's a really phenomenal gift idea. And also just a great thing to know about heading into the holiday seasons where they season, where there tends to be more parties and more get togethers. So it's really a great place. I mean, the website is phenomenal. Goodranchers.com. You go on there. It's really simple to see how it works, the different things that you sell. You also have a blog there. So there's a lot for families to look at. But so interesting, you'd sometimes think, and it's such a great name, Good Ranchers. Like it could have been around for 80 years. Like you, you wouldn't really know. Like this could be yeah. something that's existed forever, but it's really this new thing. So you start in 2017, which is six years ago. Like you've just what, you've just hit your six-year, I mean, it's the fall of 2023, so you've just hit your six-year time mark here, and what fortuitous timing because of the vaccines, and this is a thing that I think so many families are thinking about, and I just read, actually, it was like a, it's a like a (laughs) sci-fi book written for teens, but it's about like AI and these brain implants. It's called Brain Drive by this author Tom Hall. And it's just okay. fascinating. But he talks about like medical procedures that you don't have a choice about. This is kind of one of the main topics in the book. You have to like, you know, you're born and you have to get this drive that hooks up. I mean it's it's futuristic kind of things that people are talking about. And it's really yeah. interesting. But that is one of the main threads of this book. And so you started this And then all of that comes out and you say, the first thing you need to know is that we're drawing a line in the sand on this topic. Just like we did with only sourcing our meat from American farms. We will never source meat from any farm that uses unapproved experimental treatments and medicines in their animals. 0% mRNA vaccine. We take our pledge to the bank or better yet, take it to your fridge. So can you talk about when that started to become apparent to you? And what that decision-making process has looked like?
0: Yeah. So they've actually been testing the mRNA vaccine in animals and in livestock for a decade now. Oh. Yes. Yes. Like Again, our food system, the food industry, uh, dare I say our government agencies, uh, again, there's so much lack of transparency. And I'm a firm believer on. You are what you eat. Hmm. There's some things you want to value shopping. There's something you don't want to value shop. Skydiving, you don't want to find the cheapest place to do
1: that. Right. right? Like Whitewater rafting is the same. Yeah. I was going to yeah. speak from experience. You want to pay the go. most amount of money, especially if it's on like, you know, one of yeah. those ones with a lot of high classes or whatever. Exactly.
0: And the food that you put into your body, again, it's going into your body. You are what you eat. You, We are a direct uh, you guys know this because you, you talk about it like, like, but what you put into your body is literally the fuel that fuels your body. And so we just have to be mindful and cognizant of that. And uh, it's just so important. So they've been testing the mRNA vaccine for o- over a decade in animals and this all, all over the, not, not just in the U S all over the world. And so last year and moving into early this year, there's been a a they're making different strides and they're starting to do it more and they're starting to like implement and, and, and different things. And so there's been other countries that are talking about adding it and bringing it And, and so, but what we, what, you know, we got a decent amount of actual pushback when, when we, when we put this out, we, we were like the first meat company or one of at least to really be loud and go, Hey, we're not going to do this. And we talk about it. And we got a little bit of pushback from the com- like from the agriculture community and saying that we were like fear mongering. And like, this isn't a thing. This isn't a thing. This isn't even it's not even it's not even um, it hasn't even passed. It's not. No one's using mRNA vaccines like you're scaring people trying to drive sales. But we're not. What we're doing is we're making people aware that they're talking about this. They've been testing it for over a decade. They're doing it more and more. And the Mm -hmm. food industry, our government agencies, like what we're talking about, what we talked about earlier with there's no country of origin labeling law. Well, Mm -hmm. that was eight years ago. That got quietly removed eight years ago. Me,
1: I was two years into running a meat company before I even knew that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful because then you're talking about with well, the average american person who is not running a meat company or hasn't been for two years yeah what do we, we you know you just don't yeah I, and you see i mean i can picture in my mind the american flag sticker mm-hmm. that's on that package of ground beef yeah my uh, my wife bought bought
0: uh, this was years ago we, we don't we only we only eat good ranchers in our home by the way <laughs> and i will say this wasn't that was another line in the sand we drew several years ago um we said you know what if it's not good enough for us and our family, we're mm-hmm. not selling it. So every single thing that we sell. It's what you're eating. It's what yeah. we eat. It's what we give our friends, what we our friends and our family when they come to our house. Like that's the level like it, you know, it sounds uh it sounds like a, a low baseline for a market test of but for us, we just said If it doesn't meet our quality, our standard, like we're not going to have a double standard of, oh, we're going to buy all organic and all natural and all this, and but we're going to sell whatever we can sell to make money on. We said no, like we're only going to sell what we would actually eat. And those things are very important to us. Um, so back to the mRNA vaccine, we started seeing, uh, reading these articles from, from New Zealand and these other countries that are starting to test it more and and in starting to implement it. So we wanted to bring awareness and we wanted to go ahead and just let everybody know we will not be doing that. And, and like I said, these people that think that, uh, that say, well, it's, you know, you're fear mongering, we're not because... Our government agencies, if they have the ability, they will just quietly just implement something. And if nobody has to know, then they will gladly let you not know.
1: It is so opposite of everything else. It is very, very bizarre.
0: Yeah. So and that's the thing, like, because there is no regulation right now um, in the U.S. uh, that says you have to disclose any vaccine use. So you know we talk about antibiotics we talk about hormones we talk about those type of things we talk about gestation crates for pigs we talk about like free range for chickens like there's there's things that we talk about but there is no no regulation there's no laws governing vaccinations on any level for animals like you don't have to disclose any of it. So when it comes to the mRNA vaccine a nation, that's just why we got so loud about it. It was like, hey, if this is something we're going to start doing, which we, again we've been testing it for a decade, um, if this is something we're going to start doing, it, you have to put it on the label. Cons- consumers deserve to know. This is not this is not something that we can quietly just start doing and not tell people that that's what they're ingesting and that's what they're putting into their body.
1: Okay, so, I mean, this is super important so people can find that at Good Ranchers and know what you're getting. Looking for memorable last-minute gifts? Try Good Ranchers, your place for standout gifts this holiday season. While others will be re-gifting mugs and candles they got earlier this year, you'll be bestowing juicy burgers, crispy bacon, tender chicken, and phenomenal steak upon your secret Santas. Plus, Good Ranchers gift box are 15% off and as low as $99. Give us... Staking stuffer they'll cherish with a gift card to America's best meat, or give a gift that keeps on grilling with a monthly subscription. When you gift with good ranchers, you're making meals easy, supporting hundreds of American farms, and keeping generations of flavor alive. Most of all, you're giving a gift that is truly delicious that you can be proud to stand behind. Save an extra 15% on every order with my code 1000Hours and get free shipping plus a 100% satisfaction guarantee. No stress, no risk, just America's best meat delivered. Head to GoodRanchers.com to find all your gifts this year. Use my code 1000HOURS to save a bonus 15% today during their last minute gifting sale. GoodRanchers.com, American meat delivered. Has it been hard to source that? Uh, no, uh, again, for
0: the sake of not fear-mongering, right now there is year to date mRNA vaccines are not being used in US cattle and US livestock mm-hmm. right now again they've been testing it for a decade they are trying to get it implemented um, and the problem is there is no regulation and you don't have to to claim it so for us it so it's not an issue now, I but see. it's also not gonna be an issue because we've already talked to all of our farmers, all of our ranchers, and mm-hmm. and we have a very healthy relationship and a pulse of mm-hmm. where we source and how we source it. And uh, again, we've drawn a line in the sand that if you start using that, we're not going to buy from you. So for us, it's just really simple. Do the right thing. You know, your reputation is what you do that everyone sees. Your character mm-hmm. is what you do that no one sees. And for mm-hmm. us, we, we just think that there should be transparency. We think that there's when you buy from us, you should know that you're you're not getting imported meat. You're getting mm-hmm. meat that supports family farms, independent farms and ranches.
1: And ethical farms. That's a whole other piece we haven't even talked and, about yet. Right, Ben? Like ethical and, farming. Yes. How would you define that? Oh, gosh. Um,
0: it, you know, it's it's different across the animal species. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's doing the right thing when no one's looking. PETA and Vegan, like the the whole anti meat movement. I'll say like pita, like veganism, like this vegetarian anti meat movement. They did a really good job of like they've done a an amazing job of dehumanizing farming and making everyone think that the the term factory farming. They've done a great job of just painting this picture in every consumer's mind. That there's just this factory and cow walks in and out comes hamburger. And it's this, you know, it's this factory with smoke and it's dirty and it's and it's all Mm -hmm. this this stuff. Again, they have completely dehumanized the rancher, the farmer and the entire process. Like the average person, I even the average person, just um, the U.S. population in general is so far removed from what happens on a farm. I mean, that's this, this is your whole premise. A thousand hours, get outside, like the like because it, the the fact that you um, you've been able to to grow and have a successful podcast about like something so um, obvious as hey.
1: Get outside, <laughs> right? It's kind of wild, yeah. It shows
0: you how far removed we are from even just being outdoors, let alone what happens on a farm, what happens on a ranch on on the day to day. And and again, the whole anti meat movement did an amazing job of taking the humanity out of and the individualization out of these farmers and ranchers. There's seven hundred thousand independent ranches in the U.S. today. Cool. 700,000 independent ranches. The average herd size is less than 50. It's about 48 and a half. It's a family, it's a mom, it's a dad, it's it's like a nuclear family living on the land, taking care of their cows, they usually have chickens and pigs and other things too, but mm-hmm. like even the ranchers, they're growing crops, they're growing hay, they're working the field. It's just their livelihood. Yeah. And they value, you talk about ethical farming, ethical ranching. I went visit one one ranch in Back in April this year, uh, right after calving season, the calving season,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and they were telling the story. It was in Idaho, and it was one of the worst winters they've had in a long time. And Mm -hmm. one night, they they were expecting a few calves to be. They 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 have about sixty head of cattle, Mm -hmm. and it was brutally snowing outside. They knew a couple calves were going to be born that night. They were expecting them to be born that day. They didn't come, so they kept going throughout the night, checking to and when they. Um they when they finally when the calves were actually were actually birthed and they and they got to them, like mm-hmm. their eyes were frozen shut because it was so cold and you know, the afterbirth mm-hmm. and, and they yeah. took these two calves, brought them into their living room, wrapped them in blankets and put them in front of the fireplace through that that first night of their life. And they honestly thought that they were they weren't gonna make it. Like they they mm-hmm. thought they were they they just thought they got to them too late. I mean, they were like, their faces were frozen, but bring them into their living room, into their home, ramble blankets, put them in front of the fire and they wake up the next morning and two little calves are running around their living room. And <clears throat> when I was there in April, you know, those same calves are now a little bit bigger and they're running around the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's ethical r- r- ranching. And that's what, again, the anti-meat movement did. It, has done a tremendous job of taking the humanity of, of what it actually takes to put food on your plate. It's people, mm-hmm. like what I'm talking about, the people that we partner with, it's people like that that are working with these animals day in, day out, sometimes bringing them in their living room and wrapping them with a blanket to make sure that they stay alive. And they literally treat them with care, even though, yeah, they're going to slaughter. But like that's what they're doing to not just provide for their family, to help provide for you and for me and for the rest of society. And the sad thing about that 700,000 Number about 20,000 of those go out of business, have to close down every single year since 2015. Oh, wow, because of the lack of country of origin labeling, the huge influx of imported beef,
1: yeah, and all the regulation. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the parts of it. So, how ironic! Like, I've I'm a pretty big fan, pretty is a, not a big enough word. I'm a really big fan of Joel Salison, who is a farmer. In Virginia. He's been on our podcast several times. I've actually gotten a couple chances to speak with him, which is so phenomenal. One of my favorite books of him, his is called The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs. Uh, just a phenomenal book where he talks about like the chickenness of the chicken, like they're made with beaks, So they peck the ground. And so if you put them in a farm and they Take their beaks off so that they're not pecking each other because they're all enclosed in this awful situation you're not honoring the way a chicken is made or you honor the way a pig is they want to root and they need space to do that okay. all these different things she has that book and a new book out called homestead tsunami a, a lot about what you're talking about that this is vibrancy like our culture should have these farms and these homesteads that have vitality and that have Different things, like it's not just one, like we only have cows or we only have corn. Like you should have all these different things and they work together. And then he has that book that says, it's called Everything I Want to Do Is Illegal. And he talks about how hard it is for a small farmer because they make these blanket rules. And that's for like if you have, if you're running a $6 million business, or like you said, if you have a a herd of 48 cows or, you know, you've got pigs or whatever it is. And so it makes it so hard for the small farmer to survive. That's just another side thing why I think it's so cool what you're doing is you're helping. I mean, that is a huge thing to be stepping in and helping farmers because you can't do everything, right? Like you can't run your homestead and your farm and also be out and connecting with consumers like you. I mean, no one can do everything. So what an amazing partnership. Yeah. To help these farms survive, and we need that. I mean, twenty thousand a year—it's like there's not that many to begin with, Ben. That's right. I mean, if it's seven hundred thousand, I mean, that's that's, that's not the, that many years
0: to zero. <laughs> that's right, and there's and there's not that many new ones starting uh, because it's just one—it's so hard, and yeah. and two—it's it's nearly impossible to compete with the price of the imported yeah. beef, and when. When you go to the grocery store and there's no transparency, you tend to go, "Well, I'm well. This is cheaper, so I'm going to buy it." Right. Hands down, the imported meat is cheaper. It is, and it's um, got your flag
1: on it. It's got your American right. flag.
0: That's right. But it's inferior. The yeah. When you order from us, and this isn't like a plug to order from us, um, but when well,
1: I'll plug it because I can do it. You should order from Good Ranchers. I'll plug. Yeah. There we go. Well, all right. But I'll tell you,
0: there is a noticeable difference in taste and quality. I mean. And I would put our quality against any competitor, any grocery store, for sure. The grocery store is like the lowest level of of meat. I don't care where you live, uh, where you shop. Uh, The grocery store is like the lowest level of meat. And and I would put any of our animal proteins, whether it's beef, chicken, pork, um, seafood, I would put it all in a blind taste test against any competitor because there is just no no comparing what, the quality that's raised on american farms versus mm-hmm. the stuff that's being imported and raised yeah. in mass masses um, in these other countries so
1: yeah and you have really cool articles on your website sorry to interrupt i have actually no, have no, a lot no, of no, things no, i good. still want to talk yeah, about no, right. sorry Yeah. no no <laughs> okay yeah, you didn't interrupt well, I,
0: was actually, <laughs> I was just breathing
1: okay i love on the website you have this article so talking about quality, we're talking about right health and we're talking about nutritional value. So not only on the website, there's a lot of recipes. So that's a cool place to go to get recipes, smoked chicken breast, Frank's red hot buffalo chicken dip, cheesy steak quesadillas. So a lot of recipes there. But then you're talking about a nutritional value and Tuft food companies just recently. I mean, this is within the last year comes out with this ranking system that puts lucky charms Healthier than steak. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on here.
0: It's comical, really.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, 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 um, yeah. That's a real article. That's a real. That's a real thing. Um, we we got a lot of press from that. Like, uh, it's a clown world we live in. Sometimes um, mm-hmm. it, it really is. And and you know, like you know, we keep trying to. God gave us really simple things to do: work the land. <laughs> work the fields and, and like and we keep just convoluting it like with we're trying to make synthetic meat we keep trying to make meatless meat you know we just keep messing it up we're you know we're doing yeah. this like tyson just invested in bug protein like you know we, we just keep looking at all these things and we we have the answer it needs to be done right That's for sure. You need ethical practices. You need regenerative farming. You need, it needs to be done right. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things, but there is massively a right way to do it. And, you know, the carnivore diet is like, is really big right now. It's where it's just like all meat, you know, coming from a uh, someone who only sells meat. Like I believe in balance. I think everything in like the Bible is really clear, like all throughout, honestly, of having balance in your life. And I think the same thing is true, even with your food. We need meat, we need vegetables, we need protein, we need starches, we need fats, Mm -hmm. we need like, and we don't need all of any one thing, we need a balance of all of it.
1: Yeah, there's a harmony there, right? It's like, just like how there's a harmony on the farm, there's a harmony in what you're eating and the nutritional value of a cow that eats grass and is out in the sun, is different. And the quality, like you said, the way that it's going to taste and all of that comes together and just enhances. And you talk about how we believe food has a way of bringing people together, which is absolutely the truth. Like I said, heading into the holidays here, and we've had, we've had some of this good rancher's meat. So we can attest that this is definitely what you want to have in your home. I'm curious about these farmers that you're partnering with and these ranchers. Now, here you are, you're, you're playing in the bandit church. Now, are you sometimes going like with your family to different farms to meet different people? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I was actually uh, on the it was right right before this. I was scheduling a, uh, a a trip to a to a pig farm in in uh, w- Wisconsin, and and I and I bring my boy, I bring uh, I have four kids. I have two boys and two girls. My oldest is six. The next one's four, and um, so my boys are six and four, and then my girls are. Three and twenty months, twenty-one months, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. So we had our hands full, but yes, we absolutely—they're—they're they're just the, the boys are—you know—just getting to the age where they can yeah. travel with this more and and.
1: That's a really different childhood, isn't it, Ben? Like, oh, yeah, the childhood of a pastor's kid is a certain childhood, and their whole childhood though will be this. Like, yeah. you know, we're getting out, we're meeting people, we're traveling across the country we're outside i mean joel salton talks about how like he, he says he drinks out of the cow trough like, oh, wow. i mean he says he does it because he's he tries to have like he calls them something like small assaults on his immune system so that it makes him healthier in the long run he's like i love getting cuts i love so that i you know i'm healing and my body's working so he, he really says he'll drink right out of it and If you're there, you see that kind of stuff. I mean, there's so many cool things to see on a ranch or on a farm. So that's gonna just be such an awesome childhood for your kids to be exposed to all of that. And to meet whoever, there was someone right on your website, a ranch partner highlight, Mark Frazier from Woodrow, Colorado.
0: Yeah,
1: And it says the operation was settled 66 years ago by his great grandfather, and he moves cattle through 125 grass, pastures and the grass rests and it's just a natural environment for them and you're right we're proud to partner with mark and his team to preserve the tradition of ranching in colorado and more importantly his family this is beautiful you get to go meet these people
0: Uh, absolutely for again five six years ago i heard god say go start a meat company and I, i i followed that call having no idea of the impact we would be making, um, I honestly I did not judge me if you want, but it I, I really thought of it as more selfish isn't the right word, but it it just seemed a self consuming thing. Like I didn't I didn't even have the vision to be able to see the full impact um, and yeah. difference that we'd be able to be making six years later. Um, not just with people that we're able to partner with, but like you said earlier, the amount of jobs that we create and being able to. I mean, I was oblivious of it again, never ran a business, never started a business, what didn't even think about that. But when you look up and you, you, for me, it was probably around eight or 10 employees, like, you know, just very early on, like, is when it actually hit me oh, I'm responsible for these people's livelihood now. We have to be successful. We have to keep growing. We have to, uh, because, like, like, I have to make good decisions. And I have to make right decisions. Like it's, there's a there's a lot of responsibility there that we just didn't even think about. And then, you know, fast forward to that being, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people mm. that now depend on us. It's kind of a sobering thought, but uh, it's also it's so I'm humbled that we were entrusted with this, but it's it's also very rewarding. It's it's extremely rewarding. There's times of challenges. That's for sure. It's not always easy. But yeah, it's it's one of the most rewarding things that, that you could do. And gosh, man, I, I would encourage your listeners, if you can go visit a farm, go visit a farm. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of them. You can you can get online and, and, and find some. Like a lot of them will open up their doors and like, like go, man, if you got little kids, take them, take them to a farm one day. Go pick some crops, like go pick some yeah. food off the vine, like get out there and do it. And it's good for the soul. Yeah. These ranchers, these Farmers that they have the most fulfilling life. And I get like, and they're out, they're outside every day, working the field, working their animals. And, you know, they're not bogged down on their iPhone, um, mm-hmm. reading the news or swiping on TikTok because, like, like and, and, and even like seeing, like seeing the difference even in their kids, like it's just, mm. it's what God intended, honestly. Right. And we just need more of it.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love the word agritainment. It's one of my favorite words. Yeah. You know, you go, you spend the day, you pick blueberries, you pick apples, yeah. whatever it is, and it's entertaining. It. And you connect and you also have a snack or you got food for your family. It is a tall calling to provide the livelihood for other people. There's a Jewish philosopher that has a really long name, so I'm not even going to attempt it, but he said that the highest level of charity is to provide someone with a job. And so I always just want to commend business owners that, I mean, that's a huge thing that you're doing. And it's considered charity, like as much as giving anonymously would be, it's even higher. So, I mean, it is a a big deal and a tall calling. Real quick before we end, I I, I have to know about the car racing. Oh,
0: our story has really been one of those of God said go and we went and these these doors just open and um that's not something we were seeking out um team penske which is like i didn't i knew nothing about car racing before last year and um they are like the winningest team in motorsports over the last like 20 years two decades like like they're like the number one they would be like the 95 96 chicago bulls like the 2010 golden state warriors i mean they are just like they are the team um and we just found our found myself in the room and it came through giving by the way like we we gave to some uh, nonprofit things that put us in the room with the uh with the president of the racing team and wow. get to talking to him i don't even know who he is and telling him our story and he's like man he said i love your brand and what you stand for he's like have you ever thought about uh, advertising through racing and motorsports and i said i was like no not really but um <laughs> and uh And then one thing led to another. And it was like to be a part of that team is really just a testament again to that God called us to do this. He's, he opens the doors uh, because you can't call team Penske and just be like, Hey, I want to be a sponsor. Like, like
1: they've,
0: like, they're sold out for years to come. Like, they, they actually made room for us uh, because they, there's brand alignment. They, they know what we stand for. They like what we stand for. They like who we are as a brand and want to, to actually help us continue to get our message out, continue to grow uh, and things like that. So.
1: then that's so cool. I saw the car. Yeah. It was like across that back, whatever, like the thing yeah. and It says good ranchers. And I oh, see a I car got, right there. Yeah, yeah, I got one right there. There it is. Oh, really cool. wow. What a design. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, so when you take these steps, other doors open and you never know, what's gonna come just so fantastic so people can find you at goodranchers.com. you always have really cool deals going on especially we've got things around the holidays you have seasonal products like there was something really special like for the fall with the bacon so people can go and look you have subscription boxes it's extremely easy it only takes a couple minutes It's a one-time purchase, but there's also no long-term commitment. So this is fantastic. And like I said, we can attest. It's just a fabulous, it's fabulous food to add to your home. Quick, easy, you know what's in it. You know what, where it's coming from. And um just so honored that you would come and spend this time with us. We always end our podcast with the same question. And that question is, what's a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside?
0: Oh gosh, um, so for me I was, um, I don't know how old I would have been. My grandfather uh, raised, uh, always had cattle, um, ironically. And he was a pastor actually, uh, he pastored a church but he, his hobby was, was cattle. And so uh, uh, we would love to go spend the night at their house because they had all this land and we'd run around and I don't know how we didn't get bit by stakes. Uh, Some <laughs> snakes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I liked it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it worked right? well. It worked well. Obviously, I have steak on the brain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we would always be running around and stuff. But uh, I, I, I remember one night, spending the night over there, and I it was probably seven, seven or eight, and all the cows got out, and uh, I think a neighbor or somebody, they were out in the street. They were, I mean, they were just everywhere, and um they woke up in a fret, and like a my grandfather woke up in like this frantic and hurry and like and, like, and uh um the whole house woke up <clears throat> and i was probably too young to be out there but and i don't know if they allowed me to go out there or if i just not got there but uh we went outside and like for it was two or three in the morning and um just worked in the pitch black uh trying to get all the cows back into the field. And um, ironically, like that's, uh, you know, who would have known 30 years later, started, I started a meat company. Yeah.
1: That's really cool, Ben, that you're now traveling the country, and you're meeting people just like your grandpa, yeah. who maybe are doing several jobs, like how he was a pastor and doing the ranch, or, you know, maybe that's their sole thing, but you had that foundation there. That's really cool. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us. So appreciate. So appreciate what you're doing. We are so thankful to know where our meat comes from, American meat delivered. So thankful to know that it's ethical farming, that there are no mRNA vaccines that are going to be in the meat and um, that there's so much variety. Like you said, you you offer beef, pork, chicken and seafood. So go there, get your meat there. You can go to the grocery store for your tomatoes or something else. But, you know, you want to get you want to get good quality meat. Just get online. It comes right to your door. Yeah. Couldn't be easier. My my wife likes to say this all the time. Like, she's like,
0: I don't mind going to the grocery store, but I hate the meat aisle. She's like, I don't want it like especially chicken. She's like, it's gross. It's sticky. It's slimy. I don't want to touch it. Like, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so, like, you know, we really wanted to take the guesswork out of the meat aisle because that's another thing is people like, I don't really know what to get and uh so like again shameless plug but it is the truth it's just highly convenient to have the meat aisle shipped to your house Mm -hmm. and uh, because protein is usually the thing that you don't have like you always have like sides potatoes like Mm -hmm. vegetables like stuff that stores in your pantry but you're like oh what wait where's the meat so there's a high level of convenience
1: It's right outside your door because it's been delivered (laughs) from Good Ranchers. Ben, this has been awesome. Just absolutely love what you're doing. Support it wholeheartedly. So thankful for it as an answer for our family. Goodranchers.com.
0: Thank you.